Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm Hannah. And no one lives forever. Hey. No one. Yeah. So have you ever watched a movie that was so bad that it just makes you think of a better movie? Because <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, I think us. we did that last week. I feel like I've just had a full body flush. Like all the bad toxins are gone and all that's left is just delight. Yes. yes. Cleansing for the soul. Yeah, we watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too after uh, last week watching the Netflix remake, which was terrible. <laughs> which is if you haven't awful. listened to our episode about it, go listen to that. I think this is actually like yeah. the fourth Texas Chainsaw movie we talked about in this show. Yeah, we've done the, we've done the uh, original. You're right, yeah. The, the original from yeah, the, yeah. And then the new um, remake. The, the new uh, se- sequel that was bad, that I hated, and yeah. uh, this one. I guess yeah. I have an amendment to make. Before I was saying I hate when horror movies are the exact same title. Technically, the reboot is chainsaw as one word, where the original chain and saw are like separated. So you know, my bad. I, I do the same <laughs> fucking thing. So like, I do love that matter. though. That like I'm like Toby Hooper. <laughs> why did you spell chainsaw as two separate words? I think technically <laughs> it started out as two separate words, and then over time we just kind of mushed them together. Did it really? Yeah. That makes sense. English is wild wow. language. Yeah. Look at us. Taking an um, ed- etymology lesson. I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, direct sequel to the first movie. Also directed, directed by, by Toby, Toby Hooper. Hooper. Toby like, Hooper does it again, god damn it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like over 10 years later which i do think is really great i think more horror franchises should do that like instead of just immediately coming out with five sequels you wait you really let it stew a little bit right and then you revisit it after a decade what those guys are up to and then that's why i actually love it when like there are unprecedented sequels out of nowhere because to me that signals oh so they wanted to make this yeah Yeah. especially that like passion thing yeah, well, especially with the director, like, actually being willing to return, too. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure if this was, like, something that... It might be a Gremlins 2 situation where wherein the studio was like, hey, we want you to make a sequel. And Toby Hooper was like, okay, but I'm gonna make it fucking funny as hell. <laughs> or, I, I'm not sure, but that's what he did. <laughs> I did a little bit of research because I, I guess I, I don't know if I've brought this up before. I'm writing for screen right now. And right now I'm writing an article about why so many uh, horror franchises from the 80s had comedy sequels. And it seemed like it was something Toby Hooper just genuinely wanted to do. The studio might have asked him, but he was like, I will do it. I want to do it, but I want to make it a comedy. So it is kind of in line with Gremlins too, I suppose. Yeah. But like, this is the best kind of sequel in my mind for a horror film is like if you have like a pretty solid original film and then you just go back and for the second one you just totally like mess with everything and make it hilarious as hell. Yeah. So like this one, Gremlins 2, Evil Dead 2, like it's it just makes everything 
more fun and a lot more entertaining to watch. <laughs> I don't I, know. Not to not to shit on my my beloved one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Evil Dead Two. I just love how this one like was both a sequel and managed to reinvent everything and i think someone who didn't watch the first movie could still follow along with everything that's going on mm-hmm. um just based off of context clues um yeah. so i just i fucking love this was definitely a risk cuz like at the time people just wanted him to do the same thing different coat of paint but he was like no 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 that's that's not how toby hooper rolls yeah yeah also, side note, I love the poster for this movie. Yeah, it's so, like literally uh, a parody of The Breakfast Club. It's so good. <laughs> I have this hanging on my wall. Um, and it's like just the Sawyer family like all posing with- um, Bubba holding his fist up. With Nubbin's <laughs> dead body like stretched out in the Nubbins. front. And mm-hmm. then it says, Poor after Nubbins. a decade of silence, the buzz is back. And it's just, ugh, it's so good. It's like a boy band. <laughs> or something <laughs> yeah but they're all so just funny. like corpses and it's uh, corpses and then bill mosley yeah yeah just hanging out um so shall we get into things let's um <laughs> for some reason i always forget how this movie starts because i always end up thinking about like the middle part of the movie more than anything else but this movie starts with like a crank call to a radio station uh well yeah. at first it opens with a recap thing like the narration <gasps> oh, yeah. like yeah. the first one does and it tells you what happened in the mm-hmm. first movie which a lot of old horror movie sequels do this and i do think it's kind of like charming like okay here's what you missed in case you didn't see the first one um <laughs> Previously on Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. And I say, you know, that. And I appreciate they just, they respectfully, like, removed Sally from the narrative. They were just like, she's catatonic. We're not going to talk about that. And, like, that's perfect because it's, like, not fucking with her character, but also leaving it ambiguous because that ending is just so perfect with her just, like, laugh screaming into the void. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Sawyer family has disappeared and there's rumors of this chainsaw massacre that haunts texas and uh so um yeah at the beginning of our film we meet stretch who is a dj at a radio station i love stretch i'm just gonna say right now she's she's probably my favorite final girl i would throw it all away for stretch i love i agree she's my favorite yeah She's just got such personality, and she's yeah. just, like, very reminiscent of the rock and roll 70s. And, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's got uh, that uh. great, like, DJ voice. So, uh, and then we meet, like, her, uh, one of her coworkers, LG, and um, oh, they're, like, radio DJs, and they accept people who call in with requests. So these two, like, asshole dudes call in um, on the way to the Texas OU football game. Which is and, very personal to oh, me as someone who's lived in Texas and Oklahoma yeah, my whole life. This is such a part exactly. of the culture. And they're like Longhorn oh. fans. They're so obnoxious too, which like, mm-hmm. sorry, no shade to UT, but uh, Longhorn fans are kind of obnoxious. Um, I mean, OU <laughs> fans are also very That's obnoxious. also true. Yeah, so they're like screaming, hook horns! And like, you know, kind of being <laughs> lewd and rude to stretch um yeah and she can't get one of the guys is wearing like 
these weird funky sunglasses with eyeballs printed on them. They're so stupid looking. (laughs) (laughs) They're driving like idiots, which is also very Texas because they're like Uh high school seniors. They're driving like 90 miles in a back road. And so Mm -hmm. they decide they like pass this pickup truck and they're like, let's play chicken with it. So they're, like, getting the wrong lane of the road and are purposely trying to drive, like, head-on towards this pickup truck, and they make it, like, swerve off the road. And, like, you know, just being general assholes in the very specific way that, like, a lot of of boys that age in Texas and Oklahoma are. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, uh... Anyway, they call back later, like, after the football game when they're on their way home, and they're very drunk, and they're harassing Stretch again, and, like, she can't get them to hang up, and so the line just, like, stays open, and, um, they pass the pickup truck from before, and, uh, Leatherface hops out with his chainsaw, and he's going, mm-hmm. and this is, like, oh, this is such a strong so first kill. They- so they so Stretch starts playing No One Lives Forever Oingo Boingo on the radio as this is happening. Um and then when Bubba gets out of the car, he's holding um so Nubbins, Nubbins who is the hitchhiker from the previous film, his dead body yeah. is just like they holding just him and helping him chainsaw stuff, even though he's a corpse. It's very <laughs> silly. It's so silly. And then we also meet um or I don't know if we meet him at this point, but anyway, we can introduce our cast of characters. Um, Chop Top, who is Nubbins' twin brother, mm-hmm. who so, wasn't in the last movie because he was in Vietnam during yeah. the events of the last mm-hmm. movie. That, that that was the explanation, and then which is very of funny. That... I love, I love them being like, "Oh yeah, this guy also just has a crazy twin brother mm-hmm. who comes out of nowhere." But it does also kind of make sense because I'm like, "Well, yeah, Vietnam was a thing," and like, my none thing of is the other like... family members would have been drafted because of like either mental or physical problems. Yeah, so I like, was yeah, like, it I, makes I, sense. I understand why Bubba wouldn't be drafted because he's very heavily coded as having like a like a mental disability. But like, I I'm not sure about Nubbins either. I mean, I guess I mean, Nubbins, Nubbins is, is also too. kind of coded as having a mental disability. I think I think they're all kind of uh, mentally ill or crazy yeah. in some way that would. But yeah. I guess like Chop Top, we don't know what he was like before he went to Vietnam because part of his deal is that he's like. He had his head metal plate in his head. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he was injured, so he's like constantly makes references to it. He's like, ah, non flashback. (laughs) I'm trying to decide if he is my favorite addition to the Texas Chainsaw franchise or Stretch. I think it's got to be Chop Top because he's dressed like a macabre Sonny Bono. Yeah, he just keeps repeating, "Music is my life," and he like the way he interacts with everything around him. You can just tell Bill Mosley wants having, nothing more than to be here. He's having a whole lot of fun. Bill my Mosley. favorite fun fact is that they got him to play Chop Top because um, they found a parody fan film of the Texas Chainsaw that he was in, and they were oh and he was gosh. playing Nubbins in it, and. Well, it wasn't Nubbins at the time. It was the Hitchhiker. But you know what I mean. He was playing yeah. that character. And they were like, wow, he's great. Let's put him in this movie. And like, that's kind of the thing that 
launched his career and now he's in that's amazing everything this Horror. is um, Bill Mosley's second appearance on our podcast I think yeah because he's we, in Repo and yeah, I think this repo. is number two yep he's in Repo he's uh been in quite a few different things um he's in House of a Thousand Corpses and all like all that trilogy of uh Rob Zombie films um mm-hmm. as Otis Driftwood he was he was actually an extra in Army of Darkness he's like one of the guys riding Are you the horse me? in the skeleton costume yeah oh Ooh. my god um, he's also in um Devil's Carnival and Devil's Carnival Alleluia mm-hmm. um he gets to sing again cuz he's the smartest <laughs> and the toughest and he will find a hole in fucking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite read of his in this whole movie is when uh, Leatherface, like, knocks his wig off of his head and he goes, God damn it, Leatherface, my sunny no wig. Yeah, that's so good. It's the stupidest I think my favorite Chop Top moment is when Stretch is trying to get him to leave the radio station. Goodbye. He's like, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good night. Good night. He just does not get it. I love yeah, he's it. just like, he just stays there. Um. Oh, the the character choices in this are just so silly and funny. So good. Mm-hmm. Um. So we do meet a few other characters. So we meet Sheriff Lefty. Lefty. Um. Who is apparently is, like? I I didn't realize this until act- this rewatch. He is uh, Sally and Franklin's uncle, which I yep. have no idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's he's their uncle, and he has been like looking for these people that killed uh franklin and the rest of like that group of friends from the first movie um to get revenge on them or something (laughs) and so when he gets a tip off about um like apparently they're like they go to investigate this car crash and he's like yeah you know they're like oh it was just kids having a car like being stupid in their car or whatever and he's like yeah they were being so stupid in their car that um they had a chainsaw gash in one of (laughs) their heads or something he's like yeah "Yeah, it was the chainsaw killers so it's so surreal too because this is dennis hopper dennis hopper who was in blue velvet Mm -hmm. uh the mario brothers movie yeah and apocalypse now this man's resume is bonkers yeah i love dennis hopper silly and over the top in this movie too like it's very tropey you know Mm -hmm. he's this sheriff who nobody believes like no one thinks that there's really a bunch of chainsaw killings going on and um so everyone plays him off and he gets all these stupid one-liners and just like really like over the top serious mm-hmm. and i kind of love it because i'm like it's just almost a parody in a way of like that kind of character yeah yeah um, it's so sad too because the texas chainsaw reboot essentially took this character and made sally that character without yeah. any of the interesting parts like when he's just shouting to god and going mm-hmm. burn him down bring it there's all no, down he's doing no, a chainsaw fight there's no fun there's no fun in it and it's also like if this movie was a self-parody the the very recent one is a parody of itself that isn't self-aware at all yeah that's yeah. a very good way to word it um, it is. um just i'm so, thinking about dennis hopper and the fact that um <laughs> one of the other things that he did um that actually got me into like watching dennis hopper stuff was i found out that he um like narrated 
a story in part of a gorilla song. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, the that is the cool. track is Fire Coming Out of the Monkey's Head. So if you want to like go listen to that hey. at some point, that would be great. Um, anyways, I like Dennis Hopper. I like him a lot. Um, rest in peace. Oh, wait, he's dead? Yeah, he died a little while back. Oh, I didn't know he was... Oh, yeah, you're right. Rest in peace. I feel terrible. I didn't know No, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Stretch. Um, she had witnessed, like, this chainsaw killing thing over the radio because she was still, like, you know, on the phone with the guys while mm-hmm. they were getting killed. So she uh, gets a hold of the sheriff and she's like, hey, like, I believe you. I have evidence and we can play it on live air and, like, get this out you know, to the public so that people can be on the lookout. And um, so he agrees. And uh, like, there's a little bit of back and forth. He's like, no, it's dangerous. But then, yeah, whatever, changes his mind. Um, And so meanwhile, Drayton Sawyer, who's like, isn't he like the oldest brother? Yes. Yeah, he's... If nothing um, else, he acts like the patriarch. Technically, yeah. So he's like... It's, like, very convoluted in the way that they introduce it. So, technically, he's the older brother, but there's speculation that he's also their dad. Um, uh, they wanted, they're trying to that, do one of those. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, I like the interpretation that he's just, like, really old and their brother. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but he's kind of like a dad too. Yeah, they're they, the, you know what's impressive is that no ma- either way to me it doesn't change how fucked up this family is. Like, yeah, it's still just like yeah, like it, even it, if you introduce incest, I'm like, yeah. well, they're still pretty fucked up. Once you hit cannibalism, it's hard to top that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if you if you got the cannibalism angle and like. Just the fact that they're totally gross human beings in general, I don't think adding incest is going to make it any worse than it already is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is a so, fun uh, podcast. Dray- <laughs> this is a great Dray- podcast. <laughs> so Drayton is like the cook. So he wins the chili cook off and he makes this coy line about, like, oh, the secret's all in the meat. I got a good eye for meat. <laughs> and. So he's driving home. The way he looks around the room at that moment when he says that is so funny. It's so shady. He's (laughs) adorable in that scene where he's doing the fucking chili Mm cook-off. He's adorable. so great. little bow tie and his trophy full of chili that's made of people. It's it's so funny. And so he goes, uh, when he's driving home, he hears that... uh, the broadcast on the radio that stretches you in of the killing mm-hmm. thing. So he calls up Chop Top and Bubba and is like, hey, like, go take care of her. Yep. Meanwhile, Dennis Hopper is out picking out chainsaws because he's going to use Yeah, he's at a hardware store, him. like, looking at chainsaws, which is so funny. It's, so it's just so silly. serious about like, it. The guy they got to be, like, the chainsaw owner is the perfect Midwest guy mm-hmm. I have ever seen in a movie. Like, I just feel like I could go visit Oklahoma not Midwest, South, South. This is Texas. This is as South as you get. But, like, I've seen a million of these guys in a million different stores all over. And I just loved that actor mm-hmm. who owned the store. He just felt so authentic. Even in this weird, otherworldly version of Texas with the 
you know, it still feels like Texas or it still feels like the South. Mm-hmm. It feels authentic. Yeah. It's so nice. So technically this story takes place in like Dallas or North Dallas, or at least they say that the Sawyer family is from Dallas in this one um, during the chili cook-off. Um, but yeah. the fact, just, the fact again, that it's such Texas, Oklahoma, change. it's North Texas. So like... They name drop like a lot of towns too. Mm-hmm. Like during the chili cookoff, mm-hmm. she's like, "Is the winner from Norman, Oklahoma?" No, and she <laughs> lists all these different towns. I'm like, "Oh, uh, I know most of those places." Literally, I've been to like just about every single town that she listed. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, funny. It's so good. So I thought uh, this is a brilliant chance to explore the other parts of Texas too. Like mm-hmm. that's. Again, yeah. they could have stayed in their previous location, but this this is so much better than just some weird ghost town that doesn't exist. Yeah, because yeah, Dal- Dallas is fucking scary part. too. I'm just gonna Dallas, say Dallas yeah. has some some weird shit going on too. Dallas has a lot oh, yeah. of weird stuff going on. Like once you get outside of the city, like it's either nothing or like suburbs, and I don't know which one is scarier, honestly. Yeah. And that, like, that stretch of high, because a lot of this movie that, takes place mm-hmm. on, like, you know, stretches of highway, too, so, like, that stretch of highway yeah. between Dallas and Austin, yep. um, mm-hmm. there's a, a location called the Texas Killing Fields, where a lot of yeah. completely unrelated incidents have happened of, like, bodies being dumped there, like, several Jesus. different serial killers have left people there, yep. and, like, it just is a great place to dump bodies apparently so like there's just guess so <laughs> yeah and the speed limit there yeah. is like insane and so like people are just like driving super fast on mm-hmm. that on that i-35 mm-hmm. like between those two places specifically and it's like yeah just, uh, you know not even counting the back ways to take mm-hmm. like the back roads which are also scary in their own way <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i-35 you can take from this I thirty five in itself is uh is kind of scary. Just going from like North Dallas to Oklahoma to like because people just, drive like mm. idiots. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they drive like the guys in the beginning of this film. They do. Yep, yep. That's a that's another accurate thing about about Texas that they got correct yeah, is that everyone people like is a shitty driver you know, here, whipping around their F one fifty like it's a fucking Ferrari, mm-hmm. like. It's just mm. crazy. Oh, God. And their trucks are so big. And I feel so small in my little car when I was driving in Texas. Mm-hmm. Unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So The uh, thing I love about horror movies is they prove, like, it's not just one place. It's not just the rural areas. You gotta be scared everywhere. You gotta be fucking scared in space. It's kind of true. So, um... Yeah, Chop Top and Bubba show up at the radio station... And, like, Chop Top's acting all weird, and I love this moment of stretch, because he's like, I'm your biggest fan, like, you're my fave. And (laughs) so she, like, gives him a little tour where she just literally, like, grabs stuff (laughs) off her desk, and she's like, here, this is a pin, Uh, here's... (laughs) A notepad uh, and like uh, it, there's like a bird on her desk or leave. something like one of the little toy birds armadillo yeah armadillo um oh it's the the stressed squeaky toy thing too <gasps> oh yeah. rubber man rubber man rubber man and so uh yeah then of course like leatherface shows up and they chase her around a bit and chop tops like 
Oh yeah, get that bitch Leatherface. Like, dents his plate. <laughs> he dents his plate too. And oh, he dents his my plate. sunny oh, bono with Leatherface. <laughs> Yeah. The jump scare with Leatherface got me because he just comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, so like he's hiding in a dark like record room where they like keep all their tracks and everything, and like the light flips on and immediately he's like got his chainsaw and he's coming at Stretch. But like the way it's shot is like he's running right at the camera, and it it like it gets you the first time. Mm-hmm. Then the scene. Oh, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna point out before we get to the scene, just like the the kind of weird thing that uh, Chop Top is doing with the hanger, where he's like sticking it under his wig, oh, and he's yeah. like scratching under like his skin That's at his so plate. Weird, but like, and then he eats. Yeah, it. he's like pulling skin off of his head and eating it, and it's so it's disgusting. So weird. <laughs> Yeah, the makeup for it is fantastic. At one point in the movie, he like gets a lighter and like heats up the coat hanger. I'm like, what? What are you doing, sir? I don't know if like the heat makes it feel better or whatever, but he's just. I don't know. I think it like carterizes it as it's going, and it's easier to pick off. Why am I analyzing? I don't know. (laughs) He's like eating the scabs that he makes with this like coat hanger that he's heated up. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is, it's Um, fucked up. Well done, Bill. Mostly, we gotta get to the to the 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 scene. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we we. (laughs) <laughs> he's chasing her around and his chainsaw stops working for a minute and uh he's cornered her into this like cooler or like tub where they keep like a whole bunch of ice and drinks and <laughs> and um, they get a little uh wet yeah because he's sawing the ice yeah. and the soda and it's uh squirting everywhere mm-hmm. especially on stretch yeah and it's like and it's sex it's sex it's sex yeah yeah no it Anyways, literally is she, he starts like licking his lips and like looking at her she's like looking right at him and she's like she like has this sudden realization she goes how good are you <laughs> Oh, she's brilliant. She read a Carol Clover essay in her time. Yep. Oh my god. Yep. And he he like pulls the chainsaw up. <laughs> it's it's very like, oh, this is a penis. <laughs> yep, he puts it on her crotch. Yep. And he, he like moves it up her thigh and she's like, "Oh, you're really really good." And and he like starts like having a seizure. <laughs> freaking out having a seizure and she's like hoping to god that he doesn't like chainsaw her vagina in half i have a theory that toby hooper read an essay or two like talking about the phallic symbols in the first texas chainsaw and he was like oh let's just put okay, more of that in here <laughs> yeah this entire movie is one big phallic symbol it really is i mean, you I mean dennis hopper with his huge fucking chainsaw at the end (laughs) and the the chainsaw fight it's like dick swinging but but i do want to talk about that more at the end yeah tie it all in so this is a scene it's very funny but also legitimately smart of stretch Mm -hmm. like yeah girl like Mm -hmm. yeah distract him the first time 
I have seen the final girl recognize in the narrative the sexual imagery and meaning behind this the slasher. I know Leatherface isn't technically a slasher, but he is. you know, like the sexual undertones of it and playing with it. Like I think that makes her so incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And n- unlike any other final girl I've ever seen cuz mostly they're just the victims of it. They yeah. are more passive recept not passive, but you know, they're not engaging in the the clear subtext that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, Leatherface like so starts flustered the... too. It's so <laughs> funny. It's almost kind of cute if mm-hmm. it wasn't so fucked right? up. Yeah, he like so at as the scene is going on, he like backs up and is like trying to start the chainsaw and just starts swinging it around everywhere. He's like having this whole freak out, and then he starts dancing. And he's like bobbing his head back and forth. <laughs> Oh, the Leatherface <laughs> dance. Iconic. It's so funny. Yes. Anyways, all of this is going on. You hear Chop Top in the back like, yeah, get that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh um, my god. So, and then he's like, did you get her? Yeah, so yeah, Leatherface got like, her lies. In some way. Yeah, he just like nods. And uh, so he leaves her alive, but he pretends to have killed her. And so um, unfortunately, LG shows up at this moment. Mm-hmm. and shout out to Ooh. LG I do love him too like at the beginning of the film you see he and Stretch are like getting dinner together and he's like look I built you a house out of fries yeah. <laughs> and, like I think he kind of has a crush on her and she's like not interested let's, but they're really good friends let's be real everyone who has ever watched or seen this movie and seen Stretch has a crush on her yeah <laughs> right. she's so Absolutely. cute uh, I love Stretch so much. And she's yeah. very nice about his crush, because I think he invites her to dinner before this whole shit at the radio station goes down, and she just very politely goes, oh, LG, not tonight, and he's like, oh, god damn it. And it's very <laughs> friendly and not and not filled with animosity or like, oh, I hold this against you. Like, he's just a, he's a guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a good man. And so uh, LG shows up and uh, gets himself kind of kind of messed up yeah i think chop top gets him at this point yeah but um and then so chop Chop top is like i got one too we got two (laughs) so they take him back to their uh their little hidey hole Mm -hmm. um so instead of assuming they're gonna be in a house in this one they live in a hole like just it's underground. It's like literally Alice in Wonderland. Like Stretch falls down yeah. this hole into this crazy, like weird world with all their mm-hmm. like human bone. It literally. And if you've seen Little mm-hmm. Monsters, it reminds me of like when they go under the bed in that movie. <laughs> yeah, like I would say this is the part where I'm like, oh, I'll be honest with you, I have no idea what part of Texas this is. The nightmare. <laughs> Part. This is uh, yeah. this is where all the mole people live in Texas. <laughs> mole people in Texas. <laughs> the Those Texas underground mole cannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like following, and then at this point, like Lefty is following also because he's gonna try to get him. And so he sees Stretch like fall into the hole, and he's like trying to get her out, but he can't get to her in time. So she like falls down into her lair, and he just like dives. Well- head first down there well i want to break that down a bit because 
he does the stupidest thing, in my opinion, but also the correct thing to do in this movie. He gets a skeleton arm and holds it out to her like, grab this, it'll work. And it's like a million years old and crumbling. And then she grabs it and then falls down this slide of horrors. Mm -hmm. And it's just the funniest thing watching him go, well, damn. (laughs) I really thought that would work. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just, he dives face first. Yep. You know, a cab, but that's a that's a that's a baller move. I don't right even there. know if Lefty counts as a cop. cop. He doesn't even really do anything cop like in this movie. <laughs> no, cops yeah. seem to hate him. Yeah. I do like this as like kind of a parody of like the movie cop who mm-hmm. you know is super competent and like the big hero. Because I wouldn't. I mean, Lefty, he's like toes that line of like he's cool. I wouldn't say he's very competent. He's not. Um, no, he's, <laughs> no, he's dumb as hell. Like, like, he's like running around with a stretches chainsaw. Stretches driving the truck. All stretches driving lines. the truck. Literally nothing would happen yeah. without her. Yep. All these big lines and stuff, it just seems like a parody to me. <laughs> so, yeah, he's fun Oh to my watch. god, when he starts singing, bringing in the chiefs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he's just running around singing and like, so he finds um, Franklin's dead body. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting that, like, the Sawyer they family kept, kept that and just moved it to their new house. Like, okay. And um, so then, let, like, you know, he just kind of goes nuts and starts, like, cutting everything with a chainsaw. Like, all the supports and stuff that are mm-hmm. keeping their Bring hole it from caving down. in. Yeah, the, it's just, the like... worst thing to do when you are inside of a hole with a bunch of cannibals <laughs> is to just start chainsawing the the beams keeping all of the dirt and shit from falling in on top of you mm-hmm. he's dumb yeah. as hell <laughs> he's dumb i i almost want to call him a himbo a little bit he's, yeah but not quite he's he's himbo adjacent but really he's just more he's more yeah. a dumbass than anything else yeah. he's dumb and confident yep. so um uh, Stretch gets found by Leatherface, and he again. This is like both cute and disturbing. He's like so cut off up. LG's face, yep. so he, and he puts, puts it, it on, on her, her, and then puts his, the cowboy hat on her, and like, and he starts, he starts dancing, dancing with her, with her. <laughs> and she's, she's like, like yeah, freaking like, out, but like, yeah, and he's just trying to be cute. Like, He's... trying to be like, yeah, that's what couples do. We dance. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of me was wondering if he gave her LG's face in case she needed to hide. And, like, that would make them kind of overlook her. Because it's like, oh, another dead body. Weird fucked up faces. That's normal. Yeah, Rather but than, also, you know, like his his whole point. thing is that he wears faces. So it's like, well, maybe you'd like a, a different face, too. And so he, like, puts the face on her because that's what he does. And that's him sharing his weird... His passion. Passion with her. You know what? It's it's a little adorable. It is. I think that is what's going on. And she's just like, she acts this so well because she knows she has to like, you know, ride this out if she wants to live. But she's just like crying and like, ugh. I'm wearing a face and a cowboy hat and this other guy is just dancing with me. I'm just gonna have to have to go with it. So, uh, what do you do at that point, really? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, like, ride it out, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he leaves her tied up, and then we find out LG is alive. 
And yep. I feel so oh, bad for him. scenario. face missing. Yeah. So he, like, helps her. And, like, her... parts of his body have been stripped and, like, Ugh. oh, poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. he helps her escape and then he does, like, finally die. Um, oh, my but... God. When he just leans down and goes, I'm falling apart on your darling. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was so really cute. funny. Shit. <laughs> uh, rip LG. The good guy till the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stretch, like, does just get found again by Drayton and Chop Top. Yeah, well, uh, Bubba's trying to hide her again. And then. Yeah, and they're like, they pretty much figure out exactly what's going on. Chop Bubba like, Bubba's likes got a girlfriend. Bubba's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Bubba's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Bubba's got a girlfriend. He is the perfect annoying sibling. <laughs> he <of> does. <laughs> he just chants. Like, he goes on his thing about Nom Land, Nom Land. Nom Land. Oh my God. <laughs> and I can't think of the main actor's name, but the oldest brother, when he's just like, Will you shut up about Nom Land? Like, this is such It's they, so fucking just such funny. a good job creating a family so dynamic. good. This is, a, this is so a family fun. of a bunch of annoying assholes, and they do it really. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, um, and then okay, I love this line too when Drayton's like quizzing Leatherface. He's like, (gasps) "Oh, you're after the old sex, S E K S, or I don't remember how he spells it." But I think he says, "I think he has two E's." He he says S K E X. (laughs) Yeah, sex. Um, that actor is named Jim Cedo. He's so good. Yep. Um, but what was it? And then I don't mean to step on your toes, Kai, but is it the line where he's like, you have to choose six, six or, the saw. or the saw and six will. Well, who even knows about that? But the saw, <laughs> the saw is family. Oh, oh such God, a good fucking so line. Good. So good. Again. I think he, Toby Hooper read an essay or a review and was like, you know what? The subtext is for cowards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just threw it all on the table and was like, here you go. This is what horror movies are about. And he and made. I've never been happier. Yep. He made a, a perfect okay. sequel. I'm just going to say it. This is the perfect sequel. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so then we get. Uh, a, a repeat of the dinner scene, basically, from the first movie, where, like, mm-hmm. they have her at the dinner table, and they're eating humans, and then they wheel out the grandpa, who's still <laughs> fucking alive. Oh, God, and they zoom in on the grandpa's face this time, and he's got, like, the nastiest, he's, like, got a mouthful of spit and dribble, and, like, his nose is full of Ugh. snot, and, like, he's all crusty and gross. So and gross. <laughs> and again, they're, like, trying to get- head? Yeah, they're like trying to get him to kill her. They're like, "Yeah, Grandpa, you're the best." Giving him this hammer, and he just keeps fucking dropping it. <laughs> Literally, this like, can't hold me. anything. I'm like, "Did you not learn your lesson after the first movie, <laughs> Grandpa?" I like the idea shit. of Toby Hooper going, "We have to, we have to redo everything. I don't want to do a repeat of anything. I will not be redundant, except for the scene with the Grandpa, because that shit's funny." <laughs> it re- it really so was funny. Yeah. Oh, and so his stu- we- he like has this shit eating grin on his face every time he drops the hammer that so I just fucking funny. adore. It's like who knows what's going on in that old man's head. Like he's just—I don't even know if his dimension. brain is working. <laughs> yeah, like he does not look like he knows diet. what's going on. 
Yep. It's got all liquid diet, Grandpa, he do. So, yeah. Stretch escapes, and I think she runs into the- Well, Dennis Hopper comes in and interrupts yeah. them while he's hitting her on the head. Yep. Yeah, so he, like, comes in and Because I think the her. oldest brother just is like, ah, fuck it, Grandpa, and, like, does it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um- Dennis Hopper busts in and says, I'm the Lord of the Harvest. To which Drayton says, what is that, some new health food fad? <laughs> It's so good. Boys, boys, boys. So then uh, Lefty and Leatherface get into a chainsaw fight. Mm -hmm. Chainsaw fight! And Lefty does kill, quote unquote, Leatherface. He, like, shows that the the chainsaw right into his stomach and out his back. And he's, like, running around and it's, like, stuck out of him. The gore in that moment is so well done. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so gooey and painful. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I feel bad for, I feel bad for Bubba in that moment. I do too. All he wanted was to dance with a pretty girl. Really? Honestly, (laughs) that's all, that's all anyone wants. To dance with a pretty girl. Maybe uh, do the horizontal dance too. (laughs) You know, had he been taught proper etiquette, I think he he would be the ultimate catch. He's right. just got that that lover boy instinct. If he knew about certain you know dating practices instead of cannibalism, if he, if he knew I social etiquette and <laughs> was maybe uh, taught to eat a vegetable every now and then, <laughs> um, he's a fixer upper, is what I'm saying. He's a little bit of a fixer upper, <laughs> and you know what? I once he had a little work put in, you know. I, I'd be I'd be down to date him. I would. <laughs> He's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's definitely my favorite slasher. Mine too. So uh, I'm stuck end... between him and uh, the Scream Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Scream Boys. Are but I think Bubba's my favorite just because he's a lot sweeter than them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So at the end, Drayton, like all of. Everyone's dying everywhere. So Drayton like grabs a grenade off of Nubbin's corpse, which I'm like, wow, was that just <laughs> there the whole time? Nubbin's just um, had a grenade for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So uh he blows up like their little their little underground home and everyone like Lefty and Leatherface and Grandpa and Drayton like presumably all die, but Chop Top has chased Stretch outside, like to the top of this like little rock tower thing. Mm-hmm. They're in a quarry, I think. Yeah, yeah, that seems about right. And so, um, they find okay. Stretch finds the corpse of the grandma, mm-hmm. and she's got a chainsaw on her. This so Stretch like grabs moment. up this chainsaw. That's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. And she and it takes her fucking forever to like get that thing going. He slices her up good for a yeah. while until yeah. she there, gets that thing There's a going. shot of this right before then where like Chop Top is like laughing maniacally and cutting his neck open. And that's a, oh. a fun shot. <laughs> it's so wild. It she is. Does. Oh, poor Stretch. She's been through a lot. Yeah. She has. So she kills Chop Top. She like, and then we get yeah. our ending shot where she's got the chainsaw oh, she gets... and she starts screaming and swinging it and doing the little dance like Leatherface does at the end of the first movie, and it's mm-hmm. such a good they bookend. Said, it's is very she good. gonna imitate Sally's ending laugh? 
Sort of. Is she going to imitate Leatherface? Lesbo face. Lesbian Leatherface. Maybe. Um, but yeah, they said she gets both because she's cool and sexy and we love her. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and everyone good. knows that in order to make a perfect final girl, you have to combine the feminine and the masculine. That's what they teach you in the Glover essay. Yeah. How so, good are you? How good are you? <laughs> she is very good. Yes. She, she did it. The The moral of this movie is that pegging is good and correct. <laughs> the way to solve all your problems. Yes. Oh, I will say, though, the moment she takes the chainsaw from, like, the matriarch of the Sawyer family interests me so much because again it just shows me okay toby hooper's been paying attention to the like weird analysis people have been doing of his first film because he's like i want to make sure that this moment of her like reclaiming her power is still somehow rooted in the feminine as well as the masculine and i'm like interesting yeah toby hooper Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. yeah so um we keep referencing the Carol Clover essays, which for those not in the loop, it's um, a very famous series of essays about, uh, this is kind of where a lot of the famous terms came from, like the final girl and this whole theory of like the slasher's weapon being a phallic symbol. And um, she has this whole thing about like horror movies and gender mm-hmm. and, and talking about the gays. Uh, yeah, the male and male gaze um and like uh, it's like sadist and masochistic uh yeah yeah like it's it's a very good book uh men women and chainsaws highly recommend people go read it especially if you're interested in horror Mm because it really like this is like the most basic of like if you enjoy horror films and you like film theory like go read this immediately um, yeah. There's a lot more um, essays out there, but this is like the most famous one, and it's the one that you need to start out with if you want to like get into more uh, film theory yeah. with regards and to she horror. And she does, she does talk about this movie. She does in that. So, mm-hmm. um, we have like this is just a great example of like Carol Clover what she's talking about. So, um, because the whole point of this is like she talks about like yeah I see a lot of other reviewers talking about how women in horror are like victims of this like masochistic male gaze but she was like but no one ever talks about how equally like we sh- we see women being the final survivor and like reclaiming this power and um kind of in a masculine way but also like you said kind of in a feminine way because like this whole film right we have the chainsaw which you know we know uh, phallic symbol yeah yeah yada yada um and then we have like stretch who spends some of the film as the victim being chased around but then she turns the tables and claims the chainsaw and claims this power this sexual power for herself and um it's like kind of a a blending of gender roles and like this is a very common thing in horror like in the first sexist chainsaw you see leatherface like wear an apron and makeup and like there's this very like blending of traditional gender ideology so she talks about how like horror films have this kind of one gender model mm-hmm. where like the two sexes are treated as like kind of almost one of the same like interchangeable 
Um, and so this whole thing about, like, the women reclaiming power is she was like, yeah, it's like, you know, these movies actually encourage the viewer to uh, identify with women characters, which is really unusual for movies at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And so she kind of argues that, like, no, these movies aren't about, like, about masochistically enjoying watching women suffer. They're actually about, like, learning how to identify with women. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of other ideas there, too, and it's hard to sum up in one podcast, yeah. but... Um, mm -hmm. She goes into it a little bit about the history of uh, the the binary sex uh, model and how that was really only introduced in the 1700s and like it was introduced that... when capitalism was introduced to yep. sell more things because mm -hmm. if we um, have uh, more demographics and make the genders seem very separate then we can sell them more things yep and right and the idea of like the horror comes from like the the uh um being separate like separated into two groups but not having to fit into either one of them and like oh so this is all kind of transgender isn't it hmm. yeah. horror has always <laughs> been trans yeah um, there you go yeah so i think this movie well, is really like a perfect example of of the theory she talks about with stretch like yeah claiming that uh power but I do like what Hannah pointed out is that like it it's still this blend like it's not just stretch taking on a purely quote unquote masculine role because she does mm -hmm. claim that power from the family matriarch which is very interesting. Yeah. And again she's not to, I kind of brought this up earlier she's not just a receptor of this male like coded male aggression and vi sexual violence she engages with it because she understands it. Um, in a way that uh, we don't get to see final girls engage with before. Like, she knows what's going on. How good are you? And that's the tools she uses to get at, through these situations. And it's, it, I never realized how refreshing that was until I saw it. And I don't really think we see it again. Like, I'm trying to think of a horror movie that does this. I think, I think there's only a couple other, like horror movie protagonists, final girls that kind of feel the same way as Stretch does. There's very obviously not many, um, if any at all, from like the the mid eighties era that Stretch comes from, but like as of late I've felt like there are maybe a couple. Um Samara the Weaving's character in like can... Ready or Not or um maybe even the uh mm -hmm. like in uh freaky um yeah yeah, oh, yeah. i it's think like for me the difference between mm -hmm. yeah the difference between that i think makes stretch because you're right those those are more horror savvy heroes but i think what makes stretch unique among those is when i think of like sydney prescott or um i'm trying to think of her name from ready or not they kind of they have a moment of like you know sexuality sexual liberation but then they find out afterwards that the person they were with was you know a monster whereas stretch knows exactly what's going on mm -hmm. from the get-go yeah there mm -hmm. is never a moment where she is not fully aware of the situation she's just mostly reacting in the moment and i think I, again if i'm if anyone listening can think of another example of it please put it below because i love this idea of just a, a final girl consciously being 
aware of what's going on. Yeah, tweet at us. That. We'd love to uh, yeah. have discussions about this because it's a really fun and interesting topic. And I would love to talk about it more if we could think of more. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. Yeah, and then again, like the there's just so much going on thematically in this movie. Like, of course, we do have the sexual themes, but then there's also like commentary on the time period again mm-hmm. because the Vietnam War played such a big part in influencing the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. Just this whole thing of like. It's just a good reflection of the fears of the time of like, wow, here's a bunch of teenagers going off to die and being treated like meat. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so they kind this of kind of. Sorry, go ahead. Kind of have the after effects of that, mm-hmm. like Chop Top, who has some severe PTSD <laughs> and, and other issues mm-hmm. from the Vietnam War. And like this, uh, it's just this kind of thing that society hasn't coped with. You yeah. know, they've just buried it underground in a well, and the change scary in location, tunnel. I think, implies <laughs> yeah. it's going to yeah. spread. Like, it's not contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like this just trauma that's been buried and, like, stuck underground, but it's still there and it's still um, hurting society especially young people but no one wants to talk about it or acknowledge it and they all act like the sheriff lefty is crazy for even bringing it up and um i do think that's really interesting i agree and i kind of like that it's it's comes to the same conclusion of not you know there's not a clean cut answer like stretch isn't gonna be there's no real justice from this yeah. It's just, it's gonna fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked up stuff will fuck you up in turn. And you. then maybe you will end up fucking up other people. The cycle continues. We... And again, like, Sex I do think saw, man. <laughs> that that's part of why Dallas is such an interesting setting for this. Because, like, we don't see much of the actual city itself. But it's... a a pretty affluent city, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. I always think of Dallas people as being like really rich and snooty. It's like that, um, you know, For sure. urban cowboy thing where they like drive a big truck and wear a cowboy hat, but they've never been on a farm in their life. Yep, never touched a cow. Yeah, or a so horse. So I do think that's like a really nice um, setting for this movie. Because, like, again, you have this affluent community that still has this secret, like, underbelly of a a big problem that they're ignoring and like maybe these people are kind of responsible for the Sawyers yeah being how they are I mean they kind of celebrate the fact that they are nasty gross people because they give them a prize for their chili for their chili made out of human meat yeah it's (laughs) like um yeah it's like the you know the whole reason the Sawyers started eating humans is because they were starving because they Mm -hmm. all lost their jobs when the meat factory went automated and and so like yeah now we have this community that's like rewarding them for like oh yeah we see you we i don't know where i'm going with this but like it is i I think it's really hammering in the nail in the coffin of it wasn't the people eating that society really cared about. It was the money. It was the the mm-hmm. product that they were making. And now that the Sawyers 
have adapt. It's not that they changed their ways. They're still eating people, but now they're doing it in a way that is more profitable to the masses. Mm -hmm. So they are celebrated now. Yep. And I do think that is a great continuation of the themes from the first movie of showing them when they're abandoned and left alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how this kind of inevitably breeds this, not like, you can't clean it up or something. It's just going to morph into a different shape. The the monstrousness is still there. It just adapts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. The secret's in the meat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, but what which, a wonderful what, movie! What kind of meat? Uh, is it the me- the the metaphorical meat? The schmeat? or oh. the <laughs> the schmeat. Uh, there's gonna be Jesus so many Christ. dick jokes in this episode. Listen, if oh you make God, a movie about how chainsaws are phalluses, you're gonna get a lot of dick jokes. That's just how What's it's gonna that? happen. <laughs> It's like the one cannibal joke that's told in every medium. You know, it's like Hannibal Lecter going, nothing on the menu is vegetarian. And Dracula going, I don't drink wine. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I love those fucking stupid cannibal jokes. Literally, when you said what kind of meat, my first thought was the scene from Hannibal where he goes, uh, pork. <laughs> yes. Long pig, as they call it. Long pig. Long pig. You know, I think th- I think we brought this up in the last interview. What you can't do a Texas Chainsaw movie right if you don't have a little bit of cannibalism. If you don't have a cannibalism right. in your Texas Chainsaw, you get the fuck out of here. Yeah, where the fuck was the cannibalism in the most recent one? He doesn't eat people. He like yeah, rips a face just... off, but he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't eat people. Where's the people eating? Where's the people eating? Where's the people eating? <laughs> I feel like we're talking like the Sawyers now. Like, where the hell is the people eating nowadays? Young people just don't know how to live. Back in my day, we all ate people. Like normal human beings. <laughs> Pop real it's that damn phone. Grandpa's <laughs> real good with the hair. Sure. <sighs> oh, I feel so happy now. I've, oh, to everyone who listened to me, be so angry. It, it's okay. I'm okay now. We're, I feel we're so fine. happy. <laughs> we're fine. This really, this really should have just been like the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And now we're cursed because they just keep making more. I'm like, no, it should have only been one and two and then no more. That's kind of how I feel about most horror film franchises. At least maybe three I could be fine with the third one, may- maybe. I still haven't watched it. Only if they play. time travel to medieval times. <laughs> That's the. Uh, I don't know. I I just three is a good number, and after three, I think it's too much, and you shouldn't be making the movies anymore. There should be a government mandate in which if you have if you have a franchise, you can only make three movies of it. I mean, obviously, that's, really, like, not not great because, like, of creative freedom or whatever. But usually that's just when they get bad. Yeah. Like, Fury Road is the only one I can think of, and that's not a horror movie. Like, I, I'm trying to think of the fourth, like, sequel. 
that was very good in a horror movie. And I'm not sure it exists. Was Fury Road the fourth in a... three, right? In the Mad Max series, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought Fury Road was like the third one. I guess I just kind of forgot. I thought it was Mad Max and then Mad Max with the Thunderdome and then that was it. <laughs> There's Road Warrior in between the first one and the third one. That's with Lord Humongous. Okay, I forgot about that one. It's a good one. (laughs) But yeah, no, I think I mostly, I think I agree with that rule in regards to horror movies. Like, I can't think of a a movie that justifies, you know, still going. Again, I haven't seen the new Scream movie. I heard it was okay. It was fine, but the message they were trying to send was so muddled that I got mad at it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it one day on the podcast. But uh, at some point, we ought to go over Scream. I love Scream. We really should. Scream's my favorite slasher. Yes, I love it so much. So good. It's Um, a great one. Do we have any last thoughts about Texas Chainsaw Two? It's good, and you should watch it. Especially if you watch a bad Texas Chainsaw and need a palate cleanser. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it makes a really good companion to the first movie, too. It really does. Definitely recommend watching both of them, because I think, like, they both, they're similar, but also, like, just different enough Mm -hmm. to make it still interesting. Like, they're not just repeating the same thing, like, exactly. I mean, there's a few things. Yeah, they are repeating stuff, but but the the way that they film it and the way that they um, present it to the audience is so different that it, it, like, it it really is just, like, a self-parody movie. Like, you get one movie that's, like, fucking terrifying, and then you watch the second one, and it's like, oh, here's everything that's making fun of the first one. (laughs) Um, Have fun with it, because... Toby Hooper being so (laughs) self-aware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you you should watch the first two movies, and uh, call it a day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For real. I really want to watch Fresh with you guys. That's like the best modern cannibal oh, yeah. movie. I need to see I've been it. Really wanting to watch that. Mm-hmm. At some point, we will. Yes. Um. Thank you for to everyone listening for joining us for this um journey. I don't know why I'm talking like that. I'm tired. I mean, we went down a rabbit hole into cannibal country, so, you know. Mm-hmm. We did. This was a journey. Um, it was a journey into the heart, and I'm so glad that you guys were with me. Aww. I'm quoting Creep. I'm a... sorry. I knew you were. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, thank you to everyone for listening to us, and um, if you want to hear more from us, you can find us on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. You can also find us on Patreon, and we super appreciate donations from anyone who is able to. It helps us keep our show running and keep our equipment up to date. Uh, stay tuned. There's some stuff. There's some stuff happening we got, the scenes. We got some and, chili uh, cooking. Yeah. <laughs> But not that kind of chili. Not human chili, just like um, some very interesting. Some nice bean uh, bean chili. A nice vegetable of a vegetarian chili. 
That's like beans and tomatoes. <laughs> a little bit of Fritos. Smells like change. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smells like change. So um, keep an eye out for that. Uh, as always, special shout out to Jenna for being our highest tier Patreon Ooh. donor. You are awesome Jenna. and we love you. And uh, everyone just stay safe. Mm-hmm. Don't drive drunk in Texas. Don't drive drunk anywhere. And uh, also don't drive in Texas if you can help it. <laughs> <laughs> People are crazy. Yeah. The it's amount of car bad. crashes I've been in on I-35 is uh, more than one. And that's not good. It's not yeah. good. As always, stay safe. May your nightmares be plentiful. And no one lives forever. Yes. No one lives forever. Hey!